Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. Hello, lovely. Welcome back to another episode of the Mummy Republic podcast. Before we get started, I want to give a little shout out to username LWM80, who left me a beautiful five-star review and comment on iTunes. It's entitled, Raw, Honest and Prepare to Have a Snort. Danny opens up the doors with full swing and puts the topics on the table that tend to remain behind the scenes. It's great to hear other women share their stories and Danny has a great way to bring a smile to your face while listening to other people's journeys. Your Insta has been great and this is a great extension of that. Thank you so, so much for your kind words. I honestly can't express how much it means to me and to everybody who's tuned in and provided their feedback. You can go and do the same if you see fit by providing a five-star rating and a review so that you can show other listeners what they're in for. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Now, before we get started today, I do want to give you a little warning. Today's episode includes content surrounding the topic of miscarriage. Now, if this is something that is a trigger topic for yourself or you don't feel emotionally ready to listen to this type of content, maybe sit this one out. For those of you still with me, we do try and keep this one light in parts, but I would suggest keeping a box of tissues on hand because we're going to get a little bit emotional. Today's mama you may know from her ever-entertaining Instagram, or perhaps you've seen her live on stage at one of the Gold Coast theme parks. Welcome to the gorgeous Crystal Brandt. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will pay you later. <laughs> Good, thank you. I, sh- I should have added a bit more fat to that, then, shouldn't I? Um, now, as hilarious as your Instagram is, um, which it is, by the way, very entertaining, we're not here to talk about that today, although it might um, come into the mix at some point. We're actually here to talk about something that's generally kept pretty quiet, which is ridiculous given that it affects one in four women. And sadly, one of those women was you. So tell us a little bit more about your experience with miscarriage. Okay. So I've had two in the past eight months. Unlucky. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, my first one was uh, last year after I'd had an operation for my endometriosis, actually. Um, I had the operation to try and clear the area so that I could get pregnant. Um, I fell pregnant maybe within like six to eight weeks after the operation. Wow. Um, but it was weird cause I kind of felt something wasn't right. I was like, uh, I wasn't excited. I wasn't feeling that happiness or that even the sickness or that stuff that I felt when I had Willow. Um, and probably within like the next two to three weeks after that, I was having really heavy cramping. Um, 
but I thought that it was because in my operation they had removed a cyst and part of my um, uh, the, the endometriosis is attached to my bowel. Oh. Um, so they had obviously removed the cyst from the left side and that's what I put the cramping down to. Um, we got to maybe about oh, 10 weeks, I'd say. Um, went to go and have a scan. Uh, we had already been the two weeks previous. Everything was fine. Um, there was heartbeat. It was all, all good to go. Um, 10 weeks we went in. I had a scan and no heartbeat, stopped growing um, at eight weeks. Um, and I had no idea that this had happened. I had no other, you know, no idea that this was, this was going on. I had cramping, which I thought was normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, no bleeding, no nothing, nothing else. So I had to wait a week after my operation, uh, after, sorry, sorry, seeing my obstetrician, um, being told that we lost the baby, I had to wait a week then um, to see whether my body naturally let everything go, which it didn't. So I had to go and have an operation, um, DNC to have it removed um, medically, which was an absolute pain in the ass. It wasn't more about the fact of um, like having to go through that and explain to people that we'd lost the baby or anything like that. That whole week that I had to wait, I wasn't a person. Mm. I literally walked around like I wasn't even there. I was so numb. I don't even think I looked after Willow for that whole week. I had, I didn't want her anywhere near me. I didn't want her to touch me. It was just, it was horrific. I hated that my body didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I would sit in the shower and just cry and cry and cry and just be like, can you just get out? Get out. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you still in me? Why do I have to wake up every morning knowing that I still have this inside me and it's not going anywhere? Um, after I had the operation, it was, it was probably maybe like a good month before I was just like, I can't do that again. I don't want any more children. I'm just happy with what I've got. I don't want to ever go through that again. You know, all these emotions that you go through in, you know, grieving, I guess, which I didn't understand. I was more angry at that point. Um, but I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried for like two months straight at everything. Willow was like, oh, there's a baby in your tummy. And I just bawled my eyes out because I trying to explain that to a two-year-old. It's like, no, there's no baby in the tummy anymore. I'm, you know, I'm really sorry. And they're like, what do you mean? They don't understand. No. So um, how, how far were you when you told her that you were pregnant? Uh, as soon as we found out at about okay. five weeks. Yep. Um, so I told Greg and Willow together. She was like, oh, I'm so, you know, big sister, big sister. I was like, yeah, it's great, it's great. But I knew in myself that something wasn't right. Mm. I knew it. We went shopping even at like six, seven weeks and and Greg was like, oh, look at this really cute baby socks and all this kind of stuff. Let's buy it. I'm like, don't buy it. And he was like, what do you, me- what do you mean? Why aren't you excited? I said, don't buy it. I said, something's not right. So it's like I knew from that point that this wasn't going to be viable. It wasn't going to work. Um, even though you had no symptoms no. apart from cramping, which you would apart assume is normal. I think because I always also ovulated very late. I was, you know, normal days, what, like 14 to 16? Yeah. Mine was about 25 days <sighs> in and I was due to get a period like within the next four or five days. Yeah. So my obstetrician was obviously then, you know, 
maybe it's not viable. It's obviously a mature egg. It's, you know, maybe that's what's happened. Mm. Um, so that was sort of, you know, what we were going through at that time. And then we decided on a massive trip to Japan, which we were going to put off because we'd been pregnant then. Of course. Um, and then as well as that, um, my sister-in-law had announced that she was pregnant as well, exact same time. Um, we were about maybe like two weeks, a week apart. Had you told your family? No, no, we hadn't told them. Greg was obviously wanting to tell them. Um, we were actually all at Greg's parents' house and um, Lauren walked in with her little boy Miller and he had a shirt on that said, Big Brother. Aww. So obviously Greg and I were like, oh my goodness, like the, we're pregnant as well. Like, should we tell them? And then Lauren was like, what? What, what do you want to, oh my God, are you pregnant as well? And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh my God. So it was like, you know, the family already knew that Lauren was pregnant. So they were, you know, happy. But then with the surprise of ours, they were like, what is going on? So. Must be something in the water at that house. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was kind of like, you know, we were happy because we were going to be pregnant together and we were going to be able to go through everything because we were really quite close. Mm. Um, and then obviously we lost the baby and um, seeing Lauren go on and, have her you know go through these different things like gender reveals and baby showers and all that kind of stuff it's it was kind of a little bit hard but I was like I'm I'm so happy for her that she is going through this and it's she gets to experience that um so then yeah we did our trip to Japan and then when we got back um I fell pregnant again um were you trying to fall pregnant by this point yeah yep. we had we sort of knew as soon as we were back on track with everything that we were going to try again um and then fell pregnant and I found out it was very early four weeks I'd say and I told Greg and he's like why aren't you excited he goes this is great news I'm like I'm so scared yep I'm so scared that something's going to happen I'm going to lose this baby and I'm not going to know how I'm going to feel because I was so depressed the first time like I was just not who I normally am of course before Willow had you ever had experience with miscarriage no none none and because I'm I'm older as well so it was kind of like you know I had Willow when I was 34 um and I'm 37 this year yeah so you know they were sort of saying this there's no reason for you to be miscarrying Mm. because you had a perfectly healthy normal baby yeah. Like three years ago. There's there's no logical explanation of why this is happening. And that's what pisses me off even more is because the not knowing what's causing it. Um, and, yeah, so obviously the second time it happened the way that people explain that it happens because no one ever told you about miscarriage in a different way other than, oh, you just – lose everything you just you bleed and this and this and this no one tells you any other way that that can happen so that's what I expected the first time yeah and it didn't happen so this time it did happen I knew straight away I was like yep this is I've got cramps I started spotting that was it within 20 minutes it was done 20 minutes from initially spotting yep to full-blown period style blood loss yeah how long did you bleed for um, it was probably about four hours, I think. Um, majority of it was done at home. Yeah. Um, it was on a day that Greg was supposed to go to work and 
I sort of, I came, I told him, I was like, I'm spotting. He goes, oh, no, that, you know, I've read that it's normal because after the last time we'd read up on so much stuff. Of course. Um, so he's like, you know, that can be normal. That's fine. Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then obviously within 20 minutes it was just full blown. And I just remember being in the bathroom. I didn't cry. I just sort of sat there and I was just like, are you effing kidding me? Are you kidding? Yeah. Is this a joke? And I'm just sitting there. I'm actually saying that to myself in the bathroom, just going, what the hell is going on? Like, I just, uh, I was just annoyed. How many weeks were you at this point? Uh, I was almost eight weeks. Oh, God. Yeah. So. And same thing. You'd had a scan. Everything was normal. I'd had one scan. Yeah. And that was just to sort of make sure that it was in the right spot. Yeah. Because. Um, we wanted to make sure that I wasn't having ectopic because I'd had small amount of cramping, but nothing to that point. I didn't, I'd had morning sickness. So that's why I was just like, okay, maybe this will be the one. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, they do often say morning sickness is a good sign of, you know, yeah. really implanting and attaching and all yeah, that kind right. of jazz. And because I had such bad morning sickness with Willow, I had it for six months all day, Ugh. every day. It was horrendous. Now I think about it and go, what I would give to feel like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just you, you don't appreciate all that shitty stuff until you can't have it. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so that, that happened. I knew it was done. I, I knew I'd, I'd seen everything. I was like, um, I've lost the baby. We went to the hospital, blood tests, scans, everything. He's like, yep, no, there's nothing there. You, you know, you hormone levels have dropped significantly since you got here um and then we sort of sat there and I just had a bit a little bit of a cry not so much about being sad I was just like annoyed yeah I was just frustrated um Willow was like oh there's where's the baby is the baby in your tummy Aww. I said oh no baby it's not in my tummy anymore but we're going to keep trying and you're going to be a big sister and Greg just looked at me and he's like I love you so much and I was just like what? And he goes, you are so strong. He goes, the way that you just handled that to be able to tell her that it's not the end. Mm. And I broke down in tears and I was just like, I am so sorry. And he's like, don't you ever tell me that you're so sorry about this and it's not your fault and you don't have to apologize. And, um, God, you're giving me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, it was just that, that moment we sort of, you know, packed up the hospital, went home and I just sat there and I was just like, oh my, my God, really? This is, this is annoying. Did that anger turn to more sadness once you got home and the gravity had really set in or you think you maintained that whole, like, what the hell mentality? I think because I, was, I knew that I could get through that whole situation yeah. and still come out the end and be okay, I was okay. Yep. Because I the last time it was just it was the worst like I thought I felt like I wanted to die yeah because I was just like I what I've failed myself I've my I can't make a baby I can't I can't keep a baby in there um whereas this time I was like I made it out last time I'm freaking amazing you are freaking amazing that's, and so strong. But, and that's the thing is like I di- I, in myself I didn't feel like that. I was kind of like, okay, I can do it. This is just the motions that you're going through. You have to like, 
you know, you've got to grieve and you've got to be sad and all this kind of stuff. And then because people are like, oh, you're not, you're not sad, you're not crying. You know, I'm like, why do you have to be so sad? Which is so unfair, by the way. And I remember from your Instagram story and that just blew me away when someone had said, you know, you don't seem sad enough. Everybody processes in their own way. And you don't see what happens behind closed doors. No. There's no set way that you need to feel about this. No, not at all. And I think that's what annoyed me more then because I was like, oh, maybe I'm not sad because I am dealing with this okay. Because in my mind, I was kind of like, I can do this. I'm fine. My body's done what it needed to do. Yep. As shitty as it is, this is what's supposed to happen. Yep. You know, my body's like, okay, that's it. This isn't enough for you to be able to carry a healthy baby. So we're going to do this for you. Um, and there was still nothing that the doctors could give you in terms of why it had nothing. happened again? Because the thing is, is that you, fertility, like IVF and stuff, that can help you to get pregnant. What is there to help you to stay pregnant? Mm. Nothing. Yep. There's like you can eat healthy and you can be fit and, you know, exercise and look after yourself, take vitamins and stuff. But if, you're, if your body is not going to physically hold on to, you know, a, a baby that's not um, chromolog- chromosome ready, I guess, um, you can't do anything about it. Mm. You know, I could Spot take on. tablets, I could do Clomid, I could, you know, do IUI and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I've got no problem falling pregnant. My problem is trying to keep a baby yep. to grow. Have you, since all of this, which, by the way, was only very recently yeah. that this all happened, so thank you again for sharing your story <laughs> because I'm trying not to cry and it didn't even happen to me. Um, have you done anything since then to, you know, you said before about research and I'm, absolute that, I'm absolutely that person. I think education is key. Have you done anything to try and you know like acupuncture or or changing your diet or certain supplements yeah I I really got into that after I lost my first one yeah I was like okay I really needed to pay attention to myself because I was paying more attention to trying to just grow a baby get a baby so I can have a baby and it's there but I had completely forgotten about myself I wasn't eating Mm -hmm. healthy I wasn't exercising I was just I think just because I was so depressed, I just sat at home and ate shit yep. and did nothing. Which is a completely normal reaction, yeah. by the way. Well, and you're, you're allowed to do that because you're dealing with a whole heap of emotions that you weren't expecting. Yeah. And with a toddler as well, you're kind oh. of like, you need to be doing something. Um, so I think, yeah, we, we decided that we were going to wait now until uh, maybe towards the end of the year. Yep. Um, just because... I was like, something's telling me I should just wait. I need to just wait. Um, Do you think that's a mental thing or a physical thing? Uh, both. Yeah. I think my body's just, I'm still trying to get back into some sort of normality with my cycles. And I mean, knowing just recently I didn't ovulate at all. So Are I'm, you tracking that? Or? Yeah, all yep. the time. Yep. I've, I've done it since Willow. Yep. Um, because of having endometriosis and adenomyosis it's kind of like you've got no idea when you're getting period Mm. when you're ovulating it's all like okay so my cycle lasted 40 days this time and it's lasted 21 this one or 50 days the next time it's just yeah it's a pain that's so confusing and and it's 
so interesting because so many people, so I had no idea that you had endometriosis and so many people have it, but it's another thing that we just don't talk about because it's sort of, oh, well, I'll just keep it a secret. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I've got really painful periods. Yeah. Periods aren't supposed to be painful. That's not how it works. Yeah. You know, like it's your body, this is a natural thing that your body goes to. Yes, you have like a bit of cramping, but to be in bed for days and days and you know, not normal. Vomiting every time you get your period because you're in so much pain. That is not normal. Absolutely not. Ha- has the doctors said anything to you around your endo in terms of trying again or that hasn't even been a factor? Um, they've said that there shouldn't be an issue. I did a whole lot of tests maybe like the last three weeks. Um, that, you know, the ones that you have to pay thousands of dollars for mm. just to find out if there's actually something wrong. Um, and they all came back negative. So there's no, there's no reason for me to not be able to keep a baby. It's obviously just something that my body is just not accepting. Um, you know, you hear all these things about, you know, oh, certain people can't carry certain chromosomes. Like some people can't carry boys. Some people can't carry girls. There's no science, you know, science behind that. Mm. Um, which is hard to rationalise because these two horrible things have happened to you yeah. and you just – you have no idea why. And it's nice to have that mentality of, look, I've got to stay positive because it wasn't meant to be, but that's still that's still really tough. Yeah, yeah. And, I, be, I mean, you know, I sort of keep myself busy and try not to think about it too much. But um, Have you know, spoken to anybody, like anyone I professional? I did previously, yeah. yeah. Um, it's maybe been like the last sort of – month I would say um Mm. I had uh my due date for my first loss come up which was really hard I didn't think it was going to affect me but I think because my sister-in-law had her baby Mm. um and I didn't talk to anyone about it I kind of kept it quiet because I was just like why I'm I'm just grieving something that's not even here that's what I felt in my mind I was like why am I grieving a baby that I don't have and it was the fact, I'm grieving a baby I don't have. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I just, I just remember just thinking it's, it took me a whole year to be, a, like a whole 40 weeks, sorry, to be able to be upset about this. I didn't, I didn't even get upset about the last one and I was like, maybe this is all just sort of coming in. Yeah. one big ball and going hey here you go just ca- you know catch me it sort of just smacks me in the face it's like, oh that's right I'm really sad <laughs> you've been ignoring it for long enough here's right. a sm- snowball to right. the face that's pretty much how it worked so how did you when all of that actually hit you did you go back to crying in the shower yeah you know, every day I did I yeah. did and this is this is only maybe the last couple of weeks like yep. a month if that um I was I was actually out at a shop I was at JB Hi-Fi and I was walking around. I felt like I had this massive golf ball in my throat. And I walked around and I just kept on looking at Willow because, you know, she's so hilarious. Um, and adorable, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, and I started getting really upset. And Greg was just like, what's the matter? And I said, I, I said, today's the due date. And he's like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you w- talk to me? Like, and I just started crying in JB Hi-Fi. Mm. And he's like, ah. Uh, don't worry about it. Kim Kardashian collection of DVDs is still going to be there. And I'm like, you're an asshole. And then the poor 15-year-old IT nerd was just like, I don't know how to handle this situation. That's exactly what I was like. And I was just like, and you know how you sort of try and subtly like wipe your tears? Oh, you're just yeah. like, no, I'm fine. 
<laughs> and I'm like trying to do that. And I'm just like, this is not working because there's just snot coming out of my nose. <laughs> and then I had no tissue. So I'm using my sleeve and I'm like, great. I'm a three-year-old toddler. So it, yeah. It was Meanwhile, just... Willow's gone to find you a tissue. Sort yourself out, oh, mum. She's like, mommy, why are you crying? Why are you so sad? Oh. And I was just like, oh, so mommy just has to be sad. I just need to have a good cry. So I went and sat in the car and Greg just continued shopping at JB <laughs> So I'm like, don't you come out of there without that DVD. Um, but, yeah, I just sort of – I needed that time to just, you know, Let process go. what yeah. was going on. And then, yes, that night in the shower, which is the perfect place to have mm. a really good cry, sit on the floor in the corner but put, like, hot water on the back because it's real cold. Yeah. Um, and just cry because it's just – that's you know the heat of the shower and everything your hormones and your emotions and stuff it just you just have to let it out and no one can hear you in the shower crying FYI yep, yep. I've tried it <laughs> I'm trying to do it really oh, loud like, oh. I am with you <laughs> and he never comes up to check if I'm all right so. <laughs> it's, it's that real music video style <laughs> crying so in the Mariah Carey with like my hand <laughs> on the glass staring longingly out the window out the glass window it's so true though I think it it is the perfect spot because you just sometimes need to let it out and in the shower you you can't even really hear yourself so you just go hell for leather the whole gasping for air situation and there's nothing there to take the attention away from what you're actually thinking about Mm. you know like you sit there and and I I shower in the dark I know it seems weird always always I don't know why I just do it I what if you need like to it. shave your legs well I keep the door open there's <laughs> <laughs> still the light from the hallway but I don't I don't like showering in the in the light and I think that's as well as I, I'm just sort of like in my own little area where I can just cry and cry and cry yeah. and I mean Greg knows that I've been crying I come downstairs my eyes are like shut because <laughs> I've been crying so much and my my cheeks are so red and he's like are you okay and I was just like, yeah, I just needed to just get it out. And he goes, okay. So he knows. He knows that when I'm like, I'm going for a shower now. And he's like, are you okay? And I go, nope. And he goes, okay. And he knows not to. Yeah. Because I don't want him to fix it. Mm-mm. I don't Mm-mm. want him to come and offer me a solution to the problem. Well, he can't fix that. He can't. Can he? There's nothing that they can do. Mm. Which, on the other hand as well, it's like you, you have to try and think of them. Yeah. Of what they're going through. Like I I made Greg go to my sister-in-law's gender reveal because I was like, one of us has to go. I said, it needs to be you. And he was just like, what do you mean? I said, I was I already got called into work. So I was kind of like, okay, this is this is a sign for me to go to work. Yep. Um so I was like, oh thank goodness. But he's like, this is hard for me too. He said, mm. I was still, he goes, I was trying so hard not to cry watching them do the reveal. And I never thought of it. I thought, this is happening to me. That's, I'm the only one that should be upset and sad about this. But that's not, that's not the case at all. And it's interesting that you say that because they often say that men don't become fathers. I mean, here it is, father, but until the baby's born. But to have that connection and feel that loss, yeah. even maybe not the physical sense, but yeah. the emotional sense, that's actually a really powerful thing to say. Oh, bless him. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he, he understands and he's very good at reading me because I don't, it's so hard. I share so much on my blog and on my Instagram and a lot of that stuff I don't speak to Greg about. I don't. He sees it and he reads it and he goes, 
Why didn't you tell me that? I said, because it's better for me to not be able to verbalize it to someone. Yeah. I said, I don't really like talking to people about things. If I can write it down, I'm very expressive in the way I write. So that helps me get it out. So then he'll be like, okay, let's talk about it. So that's kind of our way that we talk about, you know, things that are upsetting me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he sort of didn't understand about me being upset about the second miscarriage, you know, not being upset about, you know, at that stage and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's not just hard for us. Yes, we are the one that, you know, carry a child and we have to deal with the loss if we, you know, miscarry and all that stuff. But they, they feel it just as much as we do. Mm. We just have to remember that they're just as sensitive as we are. such a good point because Mm. it does. It takes two people to make a baby and two people are going to feel it when they lose it. Um, Does Willow ask much more about it? I mean, she's quite young, so she probably doesn't understand the ins and outs, but is she inquisitive? She, she's, she's very smart for her age. Mm. I, sometimes I think that she's a lot older than what she is. Um, But she had a book that said, I'm going to be a big sister. Oh God. Um, that I had bought the first time. <clears throat> so the sec, uh, the f- when I announced it to Greg, I had him read that book to her and then he was like, oh my goodness, you're pregnant. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second time we used it to show Greg's parents that we were having a baby. Um, and she has the book and she'll bring it out. She goes, remember when you had a baby in your tummy? Do you remember? And I go, yeah, I remember, I remember. So she knows that there's no baby there. Mm. She just doesn't understand, obviously, the, you know, the whole concept of the whole thing. But she knows that. She goes, oh, remember when? And I'm like, yeah, I remember every day. (laughs) But she's, you know, she's such a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a um, thought, she's a really thoughtful kid. Mm. You know, why are you upset? Why are you crying? Do you want to cuddle? Do you want, do you want some chocolate? Do I get you some (laughs) apple juice? Do you want a coffee? And I go, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay. And sometimes I think the things that I put on her is just way too much for her age. But, I mean, I want her to be able to understand different feelings and emotions yep. and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think she she does understand, but she's not at that stage where she's like, well, where's my where's my baby brother? Where's my baby sister? Mm. Um, my other sister actually came over last week with her little baby all these babies coming in around me. Oh, it's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. It surrounds you. Yeah. Um, and she bought her little baby who's six weeks old and, and Willow just sat there with the baby on her lap and she's patting him and she's like, shh, mummy, shush, don't wake the baby. Don't wake I was like, oh, okay. And that just got me right in the heart. I was like, oh, my God. I was just like bawling my eyes oh. out right there. My sister's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, 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 no. I said, this, this gives me a feeling that I know that when it happens, it's going to be okay. Of course. Um, and then, I mean, even that sister, she didn't tell me she was pregnant until she was like three weeks off having the baby because she didn't want to upset me. Oh. And I was like, don't, I'm, I don't want everyone to be tiptoeing. I don't want you to not tell me things because you're worried that you're going to upset me or it's going to be a trigger. If it's a trigger for me, I'm not going to bawl my eyes out and ride in front of you and go, I can't believe you're having a baby. This is, should be me and it should be this. And, you know, or start thinking about all these things. It's not how I, that's not how I think. Yeah. Um, 
and that's that's where I sort of was like, I just want people to tell me, if you're pregnant, amazing. I'm so happy for you because you'll be able to experience what I experienced with Willow. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, it's such a, a difficult thing to go through, but you would never wish it on someone. Absolutely Why not. would you? No. Do you feel like you're at a good place with it or you feel like you still need to work through it and that's just going to take time? Uh, I think oh, that's hard because mm. I think that I am. I think I'm totally fine. And then I remember what I don't have. And I think that's where it comes back and it literally just punches me in the face. It's kind of like someone's going, hey, remember that you had two babies and, and they died? And I just go, what? I think that's just my anxiety just comes back to me. Yeah. Um, and, excuse me, and um, that's when it gets me. Um, I have a necklace that I wear all the time that's got two angel wings on it, which just reminds me that I have my babies. Um, but I don't think of it as like, it's the end. Yeah. Um, and that's what keeps me from being able to just lose my mind because if I was to keep letting it consume me every single day, I would just be crying all the time and I wear false lashes. So (laughs) that is not, that's not Not a great decision. No, right. I can't be doing that. They're just hanging on my face. (laughs) Um, so which, you know what, <laughs> false lashes aside, if you were, I think, you know, everybody, as we touched on before, heals differently. And, you know, if you were crying every day for however long you needed to, but that would be fine. But mm. you do need to find a way to move forward. Do you think that you will see someone, a psychologist or a therapist to talk about it more? Or you think you can handle it internally? Yeah, I I have been speaking to someone. Um, more so the fact that um, after we lost our second baby, I just became really anxious with Willow. I actually mm-hmm. just touched on that in my last Instagram, actually. Yes, I did read um, that. I was feeling really just not in my mind. I was feeling really psychotic. I was like, I was so worried that Willow was going to die and I was not going to be able to protect her. Um to the point of where, and this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, like I don't even know why. I normally keep these things to myself because I think, pe- I think people will be like, you're crazy. No, someone's probably thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> but I've, I, I got to the point of where I would put something in the microwave and I, would, I couldn't stop it until it was all the way down the end because I kept thinking that if I stopped it at a certain number, that was the age that my daughter was going to die. That's That's... That's where I got to, where I was just so like, my anxiety was just out of control. I triple check her at night time to make sure that she's got, you know, her hair's not wrapped around her neck and the the door in the child's room, like her toy room is closed so she doesn't go in there and, you know, fall out the window, which <laughs> she can't because yeah. we've got yeah. those stupid you know, those windows that only open like 10 centimetres. Yeah. I don't know how she's going to get out, but still. Still. Um, so that's that's the point that I got to and I had to speak to someone and it, I'd been speaking to them and they were just like, oh, you know, how do you feel about this? Are you, you know, do you understand? And I was kind of like, uh, I could probably fix this on my own. Mm. And it wasn't until I was telling the girls at work because everyone knows that your second best friends are at work. Of course. And... 
I just started crying and I was telling them about it. And one woman was just like, that I work with, she was just like, do you think it's because you couldn't protect your own babies? And I was like, holy shit, yes, that's exactly what it is. I had a fear of I couldn't protect my other two babies, so what makes me think I can protect Willow? Mm. So that's where it came into my mind that it was just like, what is happening? And I knew I had, because the fact that I had to, had to check what I was doing all the time with Willow, um, that's when I knew I had to, yeah. Do you think it was that um, lack of control as well? You know, you had no influence or control over losing the babies, that having, you know, triple checking on Willow and and controlling the microwave was your way of regaining some kind of control. Exactly. That's exactly what it was because I had had no control over Mm. what my body was doing. But in my mind, I can control everything from my mind, but I yeah. can't control my body. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm thinking, oh, well, that's all right. I can, you know, at least if I get it to go all the way down to cool on the microwave, then she won't die. That's... Have you, did you so see ridiculous. that somewhere? Was that on a movie? Where did that even come from? I don't know. I don't know. And I can't, like, I have to turn the fan off because I'm... That fan's going to come off. It's going to decapitate her. Oh, God. That's just final the, I mean, destination kind of that, themes. That's exactly what it was like. I was just like, I can't keep doing this. And then trying to explain it to Greg, he was he doesn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't um, – trying to explain anxiety to a person that doesn't have anxiety is really hard. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so he sort of didn't really understand it. He's like, she's not going to die. She's going to be fine. I'm like, yeah, but what happens if I do stop it on four? And she dies and chokes on a ball. That's it. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's your way of rationalising it in your head. Are you past that now, now that you've had that realisation? Kind of. Mm. I still don't stop the microwave, even though I know that that's not how how life works. (laughs) I was like, right, I'm going to become a millionaire at 51. (laughs) (laughs) Crap, I might start trying that. Um, I I still think like that. I still double-check everything. Mm. but I'm not to the point where I'm making myself sit down and just go, you can't go to sleep now because what if she wakes up and she goes to the toilet? Not that she would because she's not toilet trained. Um, <laughs> but what if she goes into the bathroom and opens up the cupboard and gets my hairdressing scissors out and cuts her throat? She's not going to do that. <laughs> like it's, just, it's just not rational for yeah. someone to do that but but it's your way of processing things and it's your way of of feeling like you can influence something that you had no influence on yeah that's exactly what it is do you feel like you've stopped blaming yourself yes yeah and that's only been because I have amazing friends I have amazing people around me who are just like it's not you it's not Mm. your fault um and that, yeah, that's that's huge. And these, are, these some of these people don't have children, mm. so they don't understand what I'm going through. But they, they're all like, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. You know, none of them have said, you know, oh, it's okay. You can have another child. Or oh, thank God. You know, my mum had one miscarriage, and she had a perfectly healthy child. The next one, or you know. Um, oh, you should go and see someone about it because they might be able to help you get pregnant or you should do this or you should do that. They know not to say that mm. because I'm very outspoken. And when Are you? Oh, 
<laughs> I've never, never noticed that. I've never noticed that, ever. Um, and if someone says something that's really not, like, acceptable, I'm just like, yeah, that was actually a really dicky thing to say. <laughs> like, if someone passes away, you don't go, oh, it's okay. You know, this mm. is, that's just life. You just go, I'm Wrong so answer. sorry. Here's a big hug. Yep. Um, and I think that's what's really helped me. And I think I helped them help me because I was able to explain that to them in the first time. Yeah. Then with the second time, they knew that all I wanted was a friend and a hug and just to be able to cry. Yep. So, yeah. While they pass you the chocolate or the ice cream or right. whatever was there. Right. Burgers. We were talking about those before. I just, yeah. Always a the, great solution. All the chocolate. <laughs> um so if you it's interesting that you say that 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 it was your friends that helped you get through given that you actively had doctors twice Mm. tell you that there was physically no reason that they could see why it happened so you've sort of touched on that as well but what advice would you give to anybody who's trying to support a friend or a a partner or a sister or someone going through miscarriage don't try and fix it don't try and offer a solution to a problem that you know nothing about. That's the whole thing because everyone wants to fix someone. Um, and you can't, no one can be fixed unless they want to fix themselves. So you need to just be that reply to those messages. If you know someone that's been going through a hard time, it doesn't have to be losing a baby. It could be anything. And they send you a text message. Do not just go, "Mm, I'll reply later. Don't do that. It's just you need to be able to be there for someone. Yep. Particularly if they're reaching out. You know, an ear to listen to what they have to say. Whether you, you know, um, agree with what they say, they're grieving. That's someone that's grieving and they're hurting. It's, It's, you know, they can be saying nasty things or things that they don't mean. I mean, I did. I was like, I'm never having another baby ever again. This is, I'm never doing this. I'm, I don't want children. I never wanted children in the beginning. And these things, I just, afterwards, I'm like, what? Who are you? Who, what, who is this person? It's just, I was just grieving. It's a reaction. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, you just have to understand people are going to go through different emotions and feelings. And all you got to do is just be like, I, I, don't understand your situation or I do understand your situation, I'm here for you. And I hear you. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And what about advice to anybody who's gone through it? Oh, talk to someone, Mm. communicate. It's, it's so important because I know that the first time I didn't and I, it was like, I was just nobody and Greg didn't understand. Um, So it's just, yeah, you have to talk to someone and know that everything that you are feeling is completely normal. You're not crazy. You're not psychotic. You're not this person that no one understands because, you know, like we said, one in four people have a miscarriage Mm. and no one wants to talk about it. No. And and the funniest thing is when you talk about it when someone talks about it then the stories come out the ones that you've never heard before and someone says I've had a miscarriage I've had two miscarriages my sister had a miscarriage unless it's brought up we don't talk about it so then when it happens people feel like it's just them and that's that's the scariest part is that that's where the blame comes from because why is this happening to me and not her yeah yeah that's exactly it and the thing is is that 
people don't want to say anything because they don't feel like it should be something that's grieved because you didn't hold a baby in your arms. Mm. Like it's whether you've got a baby that you lost at five weeks or 10 weeks or 20 weeks or 30 weeks or regardless of however long it is before, you know, you lose a baby, it's still a loss. It's still something that you, your body has made, your hormones have attached to. It's just like this thing where, you know, they they always say you become a mother when you fall pregnant. Mm. And it's so true because you just are so in love with something that you have never seen. Yep. So to be able to lose a baby, you've lost everything. You've lost, you know, looking at them the first time and, you know, touching their little fingernails and, uh, you know, putting them in the bath the, same, the first time and changing a pooey nappy, all those things that you don't get to do. Yeah. Um, which I think is a little bit harder for second time um, infertility as well. Because you know what you're missing out on. Yes. And how much you are changed by that. Um, you know, if you've lost a, if you've had miscarriages before your first child, you're like, this is something that you wanted for so long. And then it just gets taken away from you. Mm. But until you get to understand what that feeling of having a baby in your arms and that smell and just everything to be able to touch like little eyelashes and all that kind of stuff, you don't understand you don't you don't and and you look it's like you said before it's it's hard whether it's first second third whether you're five weeks or or 20 weeks and of course there's different layers of emotion that come with different circumstances but I think the second that you see that positive on that pregnancy test you're envision you're envisioning a life with that child you're creating a vision in your head of what life's going to be like and when that's taken away you deserve to grieve that a hundred percent you deserve to yeah and I think I even feel a sense of frustration that we don't we don't even tell people that we're pregnant until 12 weeks because it was always hang on no you need to get to 12 weeks before this is real before you can communicate it because oh you know you wouldn't want to tell anybody if you lost the baby which is bullshit because if I you know for me personally if I lost a child I'd be like you I want to talk about it I want to I don't want to suffer in silence and I think that's what we make people do yeah and it's even like with um Willow I didn't actually find out I was pregnant with her until I was about 10 weeks oh wow yeah just because we were told that we wouldn't have her yeah given a five percent chance and we were going to do IVF and we just thought oh let's just go crazy let's just do whatever just be young kids in love crazy let's go out drinking and then (laughs) surprise here's your child that you conceived naturally that you were told you couldn't um so I didn't know and because having endo you don't have a regular period Mm. so I was just like oh okay so 50 days whatever just the norm it's gonna happen and then I was just like, oh, I'm feeling a bit sick. What's going on here? Suspicious. I had a blood test and like, are oh, you pregnant? I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Yes, you got pregnant on the night of the 15th of October. Oh, I remember that night very clearly. I remember the next morning when I was throwing out the tequila <laughs> shots. And the thing is, now I think about it, I was actually, it was um, oh, Halloween and I had a really big night. And I, next morning I was like, oh, I'm extra hungover today. <laughs> Do you know what? I think it's those Jaeger bombs. That's what I felt. What an idiot. Oh. I had no idea. Melbourne Cup, you. 
champagne. I'm like, oh, this champagne has like shit. No one drink the champagne, guys. It's off. <laughs> no, that's your love child telling you to back away from the champagne. My like, mom, can you stop drinking so much alcohol? You, you, it's terrible. So then, yeah, I found out um, just before New Year's Eve, actually. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> right? I was like, what is going on? Sorry, baby. Anyway, I mean... It's probably added to the way she is at the moment. So. Fabulous. <laughs> Obviously. She's so fabulous. All the champagne. Uh, no, I don't condone drinking. While well, pregnant. Well, um, pregnant. <laughs> public service announcement. <laughs> I'll just pop that in the show notes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was – it's – I, I'm, I'm, it's not the end. Like, I know that I'm going to fall pregnant again. Am I going to be happy? I don't know. Am I going to be excited? No, not at all. I, I know that 100%. Um, will I be excited at any stage? No. Until I'm at the hospital and I have a baby in my arm, that's when I will be excited. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously those two miscarriages affect me with having to go forward and have another baby. Um but yeah, it's it's not the end. Of course, it's still not. go still go again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not you know 45 and trying again. And with all these issues, um, we were I was told that I needed to have a hysterectomy, which is you know a kick in the guts when you think about it. It's kind of like oh, you don't really have the right environment to be growing babies, but that's fine. Uh-huh. We can still try. So, well, I mean, look, you weren't going going to the first time, right? so right, so. You know, I sort of think about it and I go, that's, I just keep trying. Yeah. Keep trying until my uterus is like, uh, bitch, please. <laughs> We've had enough, okay? It's getting crowded in here. Just, we need to get out. We need out. <laughs> we, we need, need out. out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that though. I, I think, you know, you can't control it, but there's nothing from stopping you from trying. No. And that's all Not you can all. do. That's all you can do. So just before we wrap up, um, you are already a mum, obviously, um, and one of my focus points, I think, when it comes to motherhood is just ensuring that you don't completely lose yourself within motherhood because I think there's, there's, it's very easily done. Um, we see a lot of mums go through it, but it is important to maintain the fact that you were a person before you were a mum and you still are a person. Um, and I like to call it the me before mummy. So what would you say that there's something that you do at the moment to maintain that sense of self? You know, what do you like to do to remind you of who you were before a mum, whether it's a working out or, you know, going shopping with your girlfriends? What do you do to reconnect with yourself? Well, I get my hair done a lot. Yes. So I can have at least and it half an hour. And it looks fabulous oh, today. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> um, but I think because I work in the entertainment industry, I work at a theme park, which you said earlier, um, and everyone is younger than me. I'm probably the oldest one there. So I make sure that I make time to hang out with them, whether it's going out for dinner or a barbecue or a birthday or something like that, just to make sure that I don't forget who I am. Yeah. Because I've I've never been like that. Willow used to always come with us everywhere. We weren't one of those families that were like, oh, we have to be home by six o'clock because Willow needs to go to sleep. No, no, no. Willow can sleep where we are. Mm. That's fine. Yep. Um, but I think Greg is very um, positive in that way that he'll be like, go, do it. Because he knows that I will go insane if I don't at least go out and just socialize. Yep. And that's what it is. Socializing with people is, is so important. 
Yep, I'm 100% with you. I think, and I'm the same, Peyton comes everywhere with me, or she did particularly when she was younger, but having that time to yourself is so important. Even just to hold a conversation without, you know, having to get a glass of water or, you know, be interrupted 50,000 times. (laughs) Just to be able to get through a sentence is ideal. I weed on the floor. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that still kind of happens. <laughs> cool. Age, I'm like, oh, my God, babe, I just totally weed on the floor. It's fine. The club will clean it up. It's fine. It's, it's fine. That's why the floors are so sticky. Right? Oh, that's uh, or uh, Peyton has a tendency of saying embarrassing things like, hey, mum, remember when you were doing this the other day? I'm like, we don't need to talk about that outside that's of our household. That's what you say to them. Yeah. You just go, you wait until we tell your mum yeah. about everything you've done today. So then no one thinks that she's your child. <laughs> That's it. You wait till I tell your mum. You're going to be in so much trouble. And she's all like, what? what? <laughs> just, just the nanny. Just, <laughs> just, just, the... just the nanny. I'm real young. Oh, 20. no, it's just I'm me, 20, the au pair from London. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm from I'm just, <laughs> I'm just babysitting. <laughs> Ignore this small child. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for being so candid and raw and open, particularly after far out such such a volatile experience that you've had and one that was only so recent and I do think you being so open on your blog and sharing your story is helping more people than you would know because you know we find comfort in similarity and being open about it is just more valuable than any type of of advice in my opinion of course thank you for having me this is so exciting I'm glad I could get it out and be able to hopefully help some people as well so I have no doubt. Well, I will put um, Crystal's handle and Instagram details in the show notes so that you can follow along. Um, But thank you again for joining us and we will catch you on the gram soon. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you guys, but I had to lean back from my microphone a number of times to take a very deep swallow and remove the tears that were welling in my eyes. What an incredibly powerful story from an incredibly amazing woman. It just goes to show that miscarriage can happen to anyone at any time. And the scariest part is there's not always a reason or an explanation for it. A few key takeaways that I took from the discussion with Crystal is that if you have gone through or are going through miscarriage, please reach out for help. Talk about it. Know that you're not alone and know that it's not your fault, ever. If you have a loved one who's experienced a loss, then the advice is to just be there. Be available and be ready to listen. They know that you can't fix it, but your support means everything. And also to be conscious of the male in this situation. Quite often we focus on mum because she's the one who went through the physical loss, but it's an important reminder to understand that there's two people who make a baby and two people who are affected by the loss of a child through miscarriage. Now, before I sign off and leave you to ponder with those thoughts, I want to do a quick shout out to Silvana who is at spikything on Instagram, who was the very first to tag 
hashtag the me before mummy and show us the amazing resin art that she did. It helps her feel like a carefree young architect again, which I absolutely love. And you're incredibly talented, by the way. So remember, if you are in the midst of doing an activity that helps you reconnect with the person you were before you became a mum, make sure that you use the hashtag the me before mummy and tag at mummy republic for your chance to get a shout out on the next episode and to share with other mums what you do to reconnect with your pre-child self. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week. 